I'm just so proud of myself right now watching I, you struggle I, I with am that so screen. Mad. I did it on my first Each week try. I give the condescending, you just bend it into place. <laughs> All right. This Student must be the new one. Student the master. All right. I'm good. Whatever excuse you need. Okay. Yeah. Well. Fuck. <laughs> you saying that broken. Okay. I'm, I'm actually good. Okay. All right. Hey, KBT fans, welcome to the long-awaited, spectacular Kim and Billy Talk. Men in Black 3. Men in Black 3. Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Billy. Uh, listeners, you are if, you, if you're a loyal listener at this point, you know that there has been some uh, delays in some the ups, production. Some downs. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week when we announce our new franchise mm-hmm. and also talk about some of the growth and development we too have undergone as podcasters and friends. I think truly next week's episode will be a piece of media history. Yes. You know, like <laughs> studied yeah, <laughs> centuries to go. <laughs> like the Zapruder film or something. Uh, so you're going to want to be here for that. Yeah. So essentially what happened uh, was we had grand plans to get ahead of our recording schedule, do a bunch of episodes over the holiday break. We were going to bank the entire Men in Black miniseries. Yeah. Save it up. And then our real lives happened. and So much real life happened. We just couldn't stick to the very ambitious schedule we set for ourselves. And then I also had this moment, which we talked about this morning, was uh, where, you know, we have so many other podcasts that we both equally admire, but many of them are professionally produced by entire teams of people. Yeah, I guess people go to school for this and like... Uh, <laughs> it's their entire do career. Do it as a job. And you and I both have incredibly busy work schedules mm, and... You have an incredibly... I have... <laughs> but you also a have a lot going on in your yeah, own life true. and many different factors as well. And so um, this is all to say we have come to a new conclusion that, you know... This podcast is so important to both of us, but it also is, it's just supposed to be a fun thing. Exactly. It's supposed to be fun. And I think the keyword going forward is sustainability. Sustainability (laughs) of fun, because there's nothing more fun than considering resource management. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, if you've stuck with us this far, my God, you beautiful people, you're special. You really Um, are. And I want to give a special shout out right now to one of our fans, Jill, who has been listening and supporting us from day one. Asked me personally. Yes, she is one of our only fans and I know her in real life. (laughs) Asked me personally when the new episodes were coming up. So Jill, you're a star. Thanks for being such a gem. Absolutely. So what does this mean? This means that next release. <laughs> Let's go with that. Next release. It, it's probably going to be the week after this appears in your feed, but it might mm-hmm. be two weeks after mm-hmm. it appears in your feed. Don't set your calendar by it. Yeah. But next release, you're going to get us talking about what is this podcast going to be going forward and um, different changes to the format that I think are super positive and super exciting. Yeah. And I feel really, really good about this. Are going to result in fewer late night arguments about border <laughs> policy. <laughs> You know, so this is this has been the silver lining for me. So th- I think the Men in Black trilogy, well, I guess now it's a quadrology, um, is just this delightful, whimsical thing. We'll just do a miniseries on Men in Black. It's, it's about aliens. So it's so fun. What, it would be the least stressful thing in the world. And I was saying to Billy, I can't wait for us 20 years from now to have like... <laughs> 
like I don't know, like some children be like, let's watch Men in Black and then watch <sighs> both of just us have start crying or like wet our pants disorder. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. So there was a lot of stress leading up to the recording of this podcast yes. episode, which meant that um, I had delayed watching Men in Black 3 because I wanted it to be as fresh as possible. So I watched it for the first time last night after all of the back and forth, whatever. All of the hullabaloo. And it was just like this absolute moment of release, like all this weight was lifted off of my shoulders as this truly delightful film began. And I was just like, oh, right. This is so fun. So, I'm so excited to talk about this movie tomorrow. So that's your first take opinion where it like it's kind of back to being delightful and light. I am. Yes, it is. I really like that's, this movie. That's my take, too. Um, I was very surprised by how much I was into the first three quarters of this movie. Yeah. it. I, I got quibbles. We're going to get to my quibbles. Certainly by the end, I was like, Ugh. No, and like, but let's also be fair. This movie is very fun. It's very fun, and maybe it's, um, you know, there's a objective thing to be said about how much trauma and stress you and I have both gone through to get to this point right now. So maybe I'm the sure fact that it's good, it's like, it's elevated to hilarious excellent. is that people who are listening who don't know what was going on in our respective personal lives are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Men in Black 2. Like, <laughs> why was it that awful? But yes, yeah. shit was going on in real life and returning to this movie. Well, actually, I, I, this is the first time I, I watched this movie. Watching this movie... I, it was very, it was the panacea I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> this is the second time I've watched this movie and I wasn't sure, but I suddenly remembered halfway through what the plot twist was. And then I was like, yeah. oh yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll so there. I think actually um, we shouldn't assume that all of our listeners have had Men in Black Matter so much to them in their lives right now. So Want to do a quick like plot recap there? What What's this movie? Billy? Okay. So Men in Black 3 opens however many years after Men in Black 2. Uh, like five years after, I think. Sure. This, because it was 2012. Kay, who has been pulled out of retirement by Jay, is still active in the field. And Kay and Jay are uh, still partners. They're buddies. They're uh, Yeah, although Kay is like extra grumpy. Seems Kay's little, extra grumpy and... Yeah. Uh, ooh, how do I say this okay. politely? So... Interrupting the plot recap to do a little bit of critiquing here. Yeah. I honestly can't tell if Tommy Lee Jones is such a great actor that um, I read his flatness and his grumpiness. I was like, is Tommy Lee Jones just like sick choice? of this franchise and he's bored by it? Or is this actually what the character is? So, oh man, we're already getting into quibbles. We didn't finish. <laughs> we didn't finish. Okay. okay. So Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Looks and acts old in this movie. That is, and they are hitting that note. That's not me being like, yeah, look like shit, TLJ. But Do you want like, to know what the first note I made for myself was when watching this movie? What is Tommy Lee Jones dying his yeah, hair? I it doesn't. <laughs> but so here, here was my thing: is that what bummed me out about the last movie we watched is that they try to pull the reset on the K and J relationship. They're like, why don't we go back to that lightning we caught in the bottle where they're meeting for the first time again? I was like, no, I just want to see their relationship continue. And what I liked is that this movie opens up with them having been partners for, for five years. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have more familiarity and they're busting each other's balls. And I was really into that. But you're right. You start to get the feeling that Tommy Lee Jones is like, I'm about to say goodbye. And then he checks out of this movie for basically the rest of it. Yeah. And that, no, you know, nothing against Mr. Brolin. Great. 
does a great job. He's perfect as Tommy Lee Jones. He is. However, I just, why won't they just give me my J and K are buddies movie? <laughs> they always have to do this. Like we need a mechanism where they could be meeting for the first time again. Well, again, that's sort of what my query was before is Tommy Lee Jones just tired and they had to deliberately. Okay. So one feels like they negotiated the exact amount of seconds he was going to be on set for this movie. <laughs> so I do actually have things to say because the idea for this movie came from Will Smith actually while they were shooting Men in Black 2. Like they were just okay. apparently hanging out on set while the repair was being done. And um, Barry Sonnenfeld, that's it, right? Yeah. Sonnenfeld. Uh, he gave this hilarious interview where he talks about how high energy Will Smith is. He calls him rambunctious. And then he just flatly says, it, it was too much for me. <laughs> but um, one of Will Smith's- Barry Sonnenfeld, who famously thought he was having a heart attack on yeah. the set of <laughs> Men in yeah. Black 2. Um, wait, what? Did he? Oh, yeah. It, it turns out it was a panic attack or something. It's very confusing. If you read the articles from the time, it's unclear whether he actually had a heart attack um, shooting Men in Black 2 or if he- uh, had a panic attack and thought it was a heart attack and went to the hospital for it. Either way, our collective stress, ours, Kim yeah. and Billy's stress, actually mirrors what has gone on behind the scenes of this. Uh, oh, see, Barry Sonnenfeld sounds like right. the most stressed out individual ever. He gave the funniest interview where he's talking about he's being rushed to the hospital after like falling down on the set of, of Men in Black 2. Right. And he's like, I think I'm having a heart attack. And his doctor's like, uh, you are too stressed out. You are far too stressed out you need to start meditating. And he says, I had the heart attack while meditating. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you and I have just been infected by... by That's amazing. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I cannot substantiate this at all, but I'll bet you that happened after Will Smith pitched him his idea for Men in Black 3, which was essentially uh, that Jay should... Hit, so Jay, Will Smith's character, should go back in time to save the earth or whatever, but like mm -hmm. meet a young version of Kay and that will explain like why their relationship is what it is. And why is Kay the damaged, haunted man yeah. that we see in the present? And uh, Barry said, well, let's just finish shooting this movie and I'll bet you right after that. I gotta go went. meditate. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so we haven't actually finished um, okay. the Okay, so Kay and Jay... They've been partners for five years. They're busting each other's balls. Well, Everything's isn't it great. 14 years or something? Whatever. I don't yeah. know. Well, no, because, okay, I don't know. Doesn't matter. They've been partners for because a while. Because they were partners for about four days in the first movie, and then Kay went away. So it's only really between movie two and three. Mm. But you're right. It's more than five years. It's whatever right. it is. Because was this movie 2012? Was this yes, a summer? it was 2012. The summer we met. Right? Aww, and I will, I will tell you how I remembered it was that summer when we get to the very end of this movie, and okay. probably my biggest quibble ever comes up. Okay. At the same time, we got Jermaine Clement. He's an alien. Back I to did not recognize back him at to, first. I gotta say, really spectacular special effects. Yes, um, they were gross in this movie, it, which means they were so good. He's so fucking disgusting. Yeah, it looks great. It, it's like a tentacle anime come to yeah. life. It's horrifying <laughs> to look at. He's on the moon. He's escaped. And he's coming for Agent uh, K. Yeah, because he's got uh, he's got a vendetta. Yeah. What what does Jim Boris Boris the animal after? The, Boglodite. So let's just pause. That's his alien race, I know, by the way. That wasn't I, a word I, I, I know just we're said. pressed for time, but we gotta we gotta pause here. Yeah. So who breaks Boris the Animal out of prison? A woman. Oh god. What? A woman. Nicole Scherzinger. Who's that? Pussycat dolls? From the comic? Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot? What? Like me? Are you serious? Yes. Okay. So I'm really proud of myself for not recognizing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
But I so love that I have just pussycat fans. What? No, pussycat dolls. That's what they Pussycat fans? (laughs) That's me being a fan of the pussycat dolls. Wow. Okay, that brings a new level of delight to that scene. Truly, when I think of like the top five grossest things I've ever seen on film, uh, him sticking his tongue and her his alien tongue and that her was, mat, I, I was like maybe I, I stopped the movie now maybe we canceled I, I wish I had known that that was a celebrity that would have made a it so celebrity. much more fun I well, think a you mean doll. a legendary rock star but okay <laughs> Boris Animal comes back what does he do he time travels and uh, so he time travels because he wants to go back in time to kill Kay who mm-hmm. shot off his arm and put him in prison 20 years ago yep and uh, the problem with that is when Kay put Boris into prison, uh, it is revealed that he launched something called the Arknet, mm-hmm. which is a protective shield that Boglodites can never get through, meaning Earth is You know is what safe it sounds forever. an awful lot like? Yeah. yeah it sounds Terminator. like Space Force. Oh. Skynet. Oh. Arknet. I was going to say Trump's Space Force. Oh you know, he God. wants the satellite defense system around the Earth. Well, that just shows... So you, Pussycat doll fan, though you may Skynet, be, you Skynet, are a lot more into Skynet politics than I am. Skynet was called Skynet, but it was not <laughs> in the sky. It's a, okay. So this is all going on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we've had some changes at Men in Black, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it X? X is Zed. dead. Zed is Zed, dead. Zed, played by Rip Torn, has died. Um, there's no real explanation, although it leads to one. Well, I'll okay. give you an explanation. You looked up the Rip Torn Wikipedia page. I, I already told you I didn't have enough time okay. to finish my. Uh, I believe he had some troubles between Men in Black Two and Men in Black Three. Okay, we'll kind of hilarious that. troubles. I mean, can you gesture? No, because I I'm not prepared. Okay, but go look it up. You, you know what, fans? fans go. Did, this is not the <laughs> Rip Torn cast. If you have ten minutes to kill, go look up what happened to Rip Torn and maybe tweet it at us. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um. So. Agent O okay. is now in charge of Men in Black. And here we get legitimate belly laugh number one from me. It, it like Emma Thompson plays yeah. Agent O and she plays it with such perfection. I the belly laugh that Billy is referring to, her eulogy that she gives for Zed, she basically it's very serious, straight yep. face comes up and says she was talking to her alien friend and then proceeds to spend 20 seconds screeching nonsense. In an alien language. In an alien language. It is the definition of a joke that starts out kind of funny, then goes on so long it's not funny, and then goes on so long that it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I I didn't have that. I just, like, as soon as she started doing it, the whole way through, I was just dying of laughter. Like, the note that I wrote down is, this joke right here justifies the entire Entire existence of this movie. Emma Emma Thompson. So Emma Thompson is also going to go away when the time travel plot kicks in. Yes. And I'm just like, you sons of bitches, you had gold. <laughs> well, they recognize that because she's back in Men in Black 4 International. I know. Which I is just... something I didn't actually clock. Uh, because when I first saw the trailer for uh, Men in Black International, I was like, you know what? That's a good cast. That's a funny cast. Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot that Emma Thompson was involved in the it, third yeah. one. And so my judgment my unfair judgment of the trailer was this is a weird reboot. Like there's no tie at all to the original series. Where's my rip torn? <laughs> Hopefully not in too much trouble these days, but um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that he is with us. That's, uh, wow. We unprepared on the rip torn front. You know what? That's fine. We're going to keep going. 
He's alive. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. He hey, so <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave and Rip Torn. <laughs> I hope you're Hanging both doing together well. Yes, right still now. alive. <laughs> okay. Um, can I just quickly say that watching this movie has made me so much more excited for Men in Black 4. Really? Yeah. Okay. And like maybe we can get into that a little bit more, but like when I first saw the trailer, again, like having no real uh, appreciation of the Men in Black trilogy because we right. hadn't started watching yeah. and talking before our troubles started. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just like, I saw it and I was like, oh, this is kind of a goofy movie. But now in the context of this series, I'm jazzed. I Interesting. can't wait. I will be there open I, weekend. I still, frankly, don't care about another Men in Black. However, I will be there opening night anytime uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth decide they want to pal around together. So I will be there forever because was, they are such an amazing comedic duo. I watched the trailer again this morning as established and the top comment, one that made me laugh so hard, was the fan title for uh, the new Men in Black movie, Taken for Ragnarok. Yep. I, that, see, I'd, I would see that movie. I would see that movie, too. And I feel like that is going to basically be this movie. So, yeah, opening weekend, I'm there. Okay. You're so, welcome, Sony Pictures. Rip Torn's out. Agent O is in. Kay's feeling old. Alien is loose. Alien goes back in time. To kill Kay, I guess. Wipes and, out Kay. And so now... Sorry, I accidentally yeah, started And now Jay is a pretty woman. And... That was so scary. I was like, where is that sound coming from? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to close the YouTube I will. Page. While you're doing that, I will quickly, before Kay disappears, they, he has a nice phone call with, with Will Smith because they've been like fighting a little bit. And I, I really like the uh, set design choices between their two apartments. I made a note about that too because it shows the two of them in their different, like who they are yeah. as people, but... This is did, how they... Did you notice what... The pug poster? Yeah, of course I Frank noticed the pug. it. Do you notice also when he goes back in time? 1969, yeah, 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 the Coney Island the, one. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's two pug art pieces. I love Pour it. Pour one out for Frank the pug. I don't yep. know if the voice actor didn't come back or whatever. Clearly... Or maybe it was just like too hard to write Frank into this movie. I don't know. I mean... Does he go back in time with Jay? I think you could, I think Frank is arguably the easiest character to write in <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But anyway, uh, Kay is gone. Now the time stream is... Disrupted. Yes. So Jay has to go back Cue and... Cue belly laugh number two. Okay. For Billy. Jay shows up to Kay's apartment. There is a family there. Oh and we've learned that... We, we learned that a side effect of, of the time stream being disrupted is people crave chocolate milk. Yeah. Chocolatized dairy products. Chocolatized dairy products. So this little kid is drinking chocolate milk. And Will Smith, in 2012, in a dark suit and tie... <gasps> This is like, it says, can I, I need that chocolate milk and steals it from a baby. And what does the baby say? Okay. So it's important to give a little bit of extra context here. So, um, this is a, it looks like a single mother, uh, white woman with her children and, uh, Will Smith hilariously takes the child's chocolate milk, drinks it. And then the child goes, mommy, the president drank my chocolate milk. So what was so funny about that is that I had to pause for a second cause I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Remember in the 2012 toddler. when we had a great president who you could put jokes about in a kid's movie? But it's work? also so funny because it's just like this 
we've sort well, of touched on this, but this movie goofily, but also kind of very interestingly plays with really important topics. We've oh, already God. done our okay. immigration back so and forth. So are we going forth. here again? But race, they, they openly play with race in a way that is really fascinating, especially in a goofy franchise. So we did not get through the plot recap before we hit okay. race. <laughs> okay. Do, do we want, well, because we're about to get there. Because mm-hmm. look, here's the plot. Uh, Will Smith has to go back to 1969. Kill Boris the Boglodite before he kills Kay. And in the process, he pals around with the younger version of Kay, who is a lot more open and genial than older Kay. uh, Yeah, fun. And as they track down and, uh, you know, save the universe once again, um, they also encounter uh, an alien who can see... All different futures at once. Oh, Michael Stuhlbarg. I love Michael Stuhlbarg. His name Stuhlbarg. is Griffith in the movie. Is that it? Griffin, I think Griffin. it might be. I'm Griff. not sure. We're going to call Griff. him Griff yeah. for short. I love Michael Stuhlbarg. He's brilliant. Um, he, I loved his character. And uh, together they all succeed, Say obviously, hello. because there's a fourth but, movie coming out. So our central conceit here is we are sending a black man back to 1969. Yeah. And they commented on it. Right away. Right before the time jump. They, like, one of the characters says to him, yeah, it wasn't so good for your people then. Right. And, and this so, is coming from, like, a white kind of, like, I don't know, like, chubby-looking guy. Yeah, he's you expect a to white be a basement hipster dweller dude or something. Who is <laughs> addressing the topic of a race with about as much nuance as we did when we recorded Men in, our Men in Black <laughs> 2 episode and then cut it all. Because yeah. here's, here's I'm, sitting, I'm sitting on my couch and watching this. And I'm like... Okay, they're going there again. So last week, last week in the timeline when we recorded Men in Black 2, mm-hmm. we acknowledged in our recording that there are these jokes going on throughout the movie about how being an alien is like being black in New York, right? They make jokes about canine profiling. They make jokes about affirmative action. And then we cut all that from the recording because we had nothing. I, I didn't have anything intelligent to say other than that joke exists. Mm-hmm. And... I think the vibe we had in the room was like, I think the reason we didn't go into it too much is because, um, yeah, we, we were not the people to comment on these jokes and that um, I don't know nearly enough about the writing of Men in Black 2. But so it's interesting. This is something that keeps coming up in Men in Black 3, right? Well, and then I also feel like a lot of it is driven and led by Will Smith. Like Will Smith is not going to... This comes up. And I think he improvised a bunch of them. These jokes come up in a lot of his movies. So if you've watched Bright, that's all about. I have yet to watch that because I have no desire to. But there's the whole movie is about how fantasy creatures are like black people living in California. Right. Right. So this starts up again and I'm I'm taking my notes for Men in Black 3. I'm like, oh my, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) But I think, I, I think I'm with you. This one does the most interesting stuff with Well, that. I think it's because they're so frank about it. Uh, speaking of Frank the Pug, they, they just put the joke out there. It's of every joke that they make in this movie that is explicitly about race is funny. And like what I loved about the scene on top of the tower is like it's there's a lot of subtleness happening too. So you've got the white kind of trollish guy yeah. saying, like just saying things were bad for you back then. Like it's a lot cooler now, which is just, such a problematic thing to say. And Jay doesn't like, 
the look on Will Smith's face is just like, he, it's just a look where he's like, that is the stupidest thing. I don't have time to respond to this. So he doesn't, but like through his face, right. you can tell how and then dumb it is. The one piece of overt racism we see back in 1969 is Will Smith gets pulled over for being a black man driving an expensive car, which is like literally everything we're talking about in 2012 when that's yeah. coming out, right? Like, And it's hilarious because they're pulling him over because they assume he's stolen the car. And as which, Agent yeah, J acknowledges, he's like, I did steal this car, but not all black men driving nice cars steal cars. And it's like, it's really funny. Like what has always led this franchise is, you know, entertainment and the dynamic between Agents J and Agent K. And just like, what did you call it? It was so perfect. A whimsical alien comedy caper. Comedy caper. Like that's what it's always been. And even the idea for this third film, that was just Will Smith like coming up with a great idea. I want to do a time travel movie. It, like these stories were never imposed with morals. We have certainly, well, I have certainly well, imposed some morals and on And so them, I've thought but... about this a lot, right? Like, why did we have no problem talking about Mission Impossible, but we talked about Men in Black and like all the gears struck. And they're both stories about these secret societies yeah. that save us from external threats that we never know about. Yeah. One of them is a loaf of Wonder Bread and mayonnaise, right? Like... <laughs> Mission Impossible, as we talked about, with the exception of number three, is like pointedly apolitical. They, they, they're opening the doors for absolutely everybody, right? Yeah. And Men in Black is not that. Well, Men in Black, so this is what, okay, sorry, rewinding, reframing. Okay. The Mission Impossible series are straightforward entertainment, and they only become topical if you bring, if you, the viewer, bring stuff to sure. it, right? Like sure. if you notice things that you want to talk about, which clearly we did. We did a whole podcast thing on Many it. Many hours. But um, with Men in Black, they actively, interestingly acknowledge all of these different factors in their film. And like it's led by the story. It's led by storytelling. Again, it's not a fairy tale moral. Right. But you build in these hilarious jokes that are political and topical and they invite this sort of observation. Like maybe we thought about it a bit too hard in our first movie, but in this one, I just think it's really fun and fascinating and exciting how they talk about race in this I, movie. I found it the least jarring in this movie, I guess I'll say. I kind of, I like, I stand by what I said in episode one, but I, 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 I found this one just more interesting with what they were doing. They weren't just like, I, what, what, shocked me in Men in Black 2 is that they seemed just jokes that were added in for the sake of jokes, mm-hmm. whereas it seems to be working more as a whole here. That's yeah. all. Well, it's thoughtful. Like, to do the scene where uh, Agent Jake gets pulled over by those two racist right. cops, like, you have to hire actors to play those racist right. cops. Like, you have to script that out. It's not improvised. It's, here is a fun scene that also makes you think. Right. Even though that's not really the point of the movie, but it's it's... Treats its viewers as intelligent, okay. which I think is really So we've good. now gone through our conversation on this topic. Are we okay? I think so. Um, are we still doing a plot recap? Sure. We'll, we'll go back. <laughs> we'll listen back to this in the recording. We'll slice I, what we I need to slice. I think what we got to was they fight Boris to save the earth. Right. So, so very quickly, our time traveling K meets back mm-hmm. up with 1969's uh, Men in Black Division. Yeah. Where we're introduced to, uh, yes, uh, 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 
I was getting James and Josh. Josh Brolin, right? Yes. Josh Brolin is as young K. Again, just perfect casting. And I think one of the funniest things that this movie does is openly acknowledge that Josh Brolin is too old to be playing yeah, uh, Tommy Lee Jones in 1969. <laughs> so at one point, like Jay is just like kind of hilariously looking at young K, aka Josh Brolin, as they're driving, and he's like. How old are you? And Josh Brolin says 29, which he's clearly not. And Jay Jokeson's like, oh, you got some city miles on you. Yeah. And it also, because we go back in time and we see that um, uh, Alice Eve is playing young Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. Which I think is fun casting, but. Sure. But I was I, like, I wanted wait, more Emma Thompson. are we like, is Emma Thompson supposed to be the same age as Tommy Lee Jones? How old was Emma Thompson in 1969? I was. You just have to ignore those details, otherwise it breaks the movie. Yes, (laughs) they were very thoughtful about certain things in this film, and they just said, "Fuck it." Yes, we're we're just going to have fun with everything else. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, ostensibly, there was the potential for a relationship between Agent K and Agent O, which is just a thing that matters. But um, well, and was there like? Kay seems to think that more happened than, or sorry, Jay seems to think that more is happening than Kay is letting on. Well, I think Kay is just a discreet man. Right. Um, but, he doesn't kiss and tell. <laughs> so uh, maybe we didn't make this clear enough, but part of the reason why Jay has to travel back in time to stop Boris from killing Kay is because in the version of reality that uh, forces Jay to travel back in time, Boris is successful. He does kill Kay. A Boglodite invasion is now happening right. on There's Earth. There's no ArcNet, which means that 2012 yeah. is open to invasion. Yeah, and uh, 2012 Men in Black, no one remembers Kay except for Agent O, and she's the one who figures out like what happened. And this was another really funny scene. Everything that Emma Thompson does is gold, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. But when she figures out that uh, there's been a breakage in the time continuum... Uh, she says to Agent J, one of two things is happening if you are craving chocolatized dairy products. There's either this bug, you've been infected by a virus or a bug in your brain and you could die a terrible, agonizing death at any moment. And then she slaps him and he goes, ow. And she's like, okay, it's not that. Yep. <laughs> Meaning like <laughs> <laughs> he could have died just then. And she goes, oh, darn, it's this worst thing. And then it, she figures out that he has to go back in time, blah, 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 blah. So back in time, they fight Boris And one of the ways they defeat Boris is through the introduction of a new character, Luke Cage, Mike Coulter. Turns out, plot twist, he's Jay's dad. So it's in the final fight where Mike Coulter shows up that the movie starts to fall apart for me, and I got a little angry. Do you want my quibbles? Yeah, give me your quibbles. Some nerdy quibbles. Quibble number one. Okay. Uh, Time travel stories. Probably like my favorite, I, my favorite subgenre, or whatever you want to classify I love it as. Too, yeah. Love time travel movies. If you're going to do time travel, you have to be so careful about your rules because you leave yourself open to giant jackholes on the holes. internet being like, mm, "You didn't, doesn't work." Yep. So this just drove me a little crazy and felt a little lazy. Mm-hmm. The time travel machines that Kay and Boris take from 2012 are a specific kind of time travel. They transport your physical body as it exists in the present into the past. So if a younger version of yourself exists in the time you go back to, both of you are there. There is another theoretical type of time travel that we see in fiction, which is where your consciousness travels back into the body of your younger self. 
Yes. So that would be your your Slaughterhouse Five version. Yep. If you're Canadian, you're being Erica yep. version of time travel. So they've established that it's the first kind where your physical body goes back, right? So that's why there's two versions of Boris. That's why we have uh, old Will Smith and then little baby Will Smith. Yep. When he pushes Boris off the ladder or off the the, the NASA. When he kills old Boris. Right. He uses the time machine to go back two minutes yeah. and play it over again. Yeah. It becomes the second type of time travel. There should be four people up there. It should be two Will Smiths and two Borises. And they've just suddenly done a different type of time travel. And it made me very angry. So I love that you identified all of this because they are valid criticisms. My note regarding that jump was, let me read it for you. Okay. LOL, Jay uses Edge of Tomorrow to defeat Boris. Yes, that's, <laughs> yes. I didn't even think about the rest of it. I was just so delighted because truthfully, I watched Edge of Tomorrow earlier this week in a moment of needed stress what? relief. And I just love that movie so much. I wish we'd known, I wish I'd known we were having an Edge of Tomorrow party. <laughs> well, we will eventually. So that's quibble number one. Okay. I'm watching this, and it's, it's also the point in the movie where the special effects start to fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Like, well, and also, like, I'll be honest, like, I think I stopped paying close attention at this point mm-hmm. because um, the ending was choppy, and there were a lot of real holes in the rules that they were writing. So so let's go into uh, hole number two, quibble number two. Go ahead. Uh, this whole movie, there's been a little bit of a mystery. It's like, what happened in uh, Kay's life? To make him the grumpy old man he is. Yeah. And that's the subject of like the phone call that where we see K and J in their respective living environments. I also just want to acknowledge like Jay's like it's like this cool hip, like Ultra black modern. and white. He's yeah, playing video he's playing games. PS4 or something. And K is in like a mahogany library with he's, it looks like, like a scotch commercial. Or something. Yeah. yeah. So we find out that the traumatic event in uh K. God, why can't I keep them up? <laughs> the dramatic event in Tommy Lee Jones' past is that uh, he saved the world with the help of Mike Coulter, who is, spoiler, Will Smith's father. Yeah. And Will Smith's father died saving the world yeah. in front of Will Smith, but okay. not quite in front of him. Yeah. So I want to get into this. The first thing we have to establish, and the movie makes sure we take note of this very at the very beginning, is the fact that... Jay's absent father has been a traumatic thing for him. He makes a really funny joke at the beginning where he says, yeah, you know how I played catch with my dad? I'd throw a ball against a wall. Yeah. And like, like, it's a very funny joke. Um, but behind it is a lot of real pain. And that pain is what makes Kay feel so guilty because right. he knows that he basic, he played a role in taking Jay's father away from him. So... We have to talk about this. The way that Kay decides to deal with... This was insane to me. Mike, Luke Cage dying is to neuralize the young Jay. So young Jay did not see an alien. He didn't actually see his father's physical death. He saw none of that. He's in the car. Yeah. He's seen nothing that needs to be erased from his memory. Yeah. Instead of... Uh, Mr. Brolin just saying, I'm sorry, your dad's gone. 
keep all those really great memories you the have. The fact of that him. your father, so we also haven't said, like, uh, he's a general or something in the yeah, military. Yeah, he's like a Marine or something. He's, he's clearly like overseeing top of security the class. for NASA. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like wearing this impressive military uniform. And like Kay neuralizing this young, like, he's either Takes three or four years his, old. Every single memory of his father out uh, of And his says head. to him, all you need to know is that your father was a hero. Presumably, the little kid already Why knew that. Why would you do that? Why would you take that away from him? How is that less harmful than saying your dad just died? And so the only way for me to sort of reckon with the stupidity of that decision as a plot point is to go, is that why old K feels so guilty because he realizes how dumb he was in the past? And so the movie drops this really heavy moment on you. And then... Penny, Penny is sobbing about it. <laughs> Drops this really heavy moment on you. Then, boom, we're back to the present for 30 seconds. Tommy Lee Jones shows back up from his trailer, and he's like, yep, that was me. And then, smash to the credits. And as I'm processing all this, a song starts to play. <laughs> okay, so no, before we even get to that song. Because uh, here's here are the questions that you're reckoning with in shock as you try to make sense of that ending. Like, why are Jay and Kay even better friends now? Why isn't Jay Why isn't Jay like, you son of a bitch? Why did you erase my memories of my father? I grew up thinking I was abandoned, and instead... You could have just told me that my dad died saving the world. You didn't need to include any of the alien stuff. I'm three years old. I wouldn't, like, yeah. I would have grown up as an adult and been, like, even if I did see an alien, that would have been a ridiculous childhood thing. So, like, you're just going, why? That was so dumb. And then somehow J and K are closer than ever. And credits are all, and I, I did the exact same thing. I was like, like, wait, what? what is this song? I started hearing notes. I'm like, why don't I remember what song Will Smith did for Men in Black 3? And then... Pitbull. It's Pitbull. <laughs> and <singing. laughs> I have such mixed feelings about this. On the one hand, ending a Will Smith movie with a Pitbull song is criminal. No, like, it's not criminal. It's just hilarious. It was jarring. <laughs> and I remember the summer we took the book publishing program, I drove into school every day. It's the only time in my life where I've driven for mm -hmm. my commute and would listen to Top 40 radio both ways. and that fucking pitbull song every morning and every afternoon podcasts weren't a thing in your life so you had to like reckon with pitbull podcasts podcasts actually were a thing in my life but i was driving my dad's old minivan where like oh. it did not have bluetooth to my phone <laughs> if i wanted to listen to a podcast in the car i would have to burn it to cd yeah <laughs> 2012 so, so radio was easier so i'm so frustrated by this pitbull song blaring at me as i'm like wait he just erased my colter and I'm trying to grapple with all my feelings. And the complicating thing that you don't know about me, I uh, I hate I hate the term guilty pleasure. I really do. Mm -hmm. But if I, I think I knew that actually. did have a guilty pleasure, it's Pitbull. I love Pitbull so much. <gasps> I, I did not Pitbull. expect you to say I, why that. Why would you? Who expresses this opinion well, in public? Well, I just learned that you're a pussycat I doll fan. Fucking love. Pitbull. I, if you're in a bad mood, you put on some Pitbull, you're no longer in a bad mood. See, I actually have nothing against Pitbull. He is on my running playlist. His He comes on, I just run a little faster, you know? Yeah, exactly. it's Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> um, I love that. I Okay. You you contain and multitudes, yeah, Well, Billy. exactly. And that was my emotional response. It was multitudes. I was like, where is my Will Smith song? Why is it Pitbull? Also, hey, it's Pitbull. The song's great. <laughs> also, wait a minute. So he erased 
all of his memories of his father. Also, yeah. And so, it's somehow fine and okay, and the movie ends. Yeah, the Pitbull song keeps going, and you're like, all right, I like that. That was <laughs> that was good fun. So, I like, we've talked our way through the movie. Um, I, I have things I want to continue talking sure. about, but is there anything else about this movie that we want to call out right now? I have some spare notes, but uh, I don't actually. So, this is the movie I've done the least preparing for ever. I was quite Kinda sick same. when I watched this. Uh, and so didn't get down quite as much. I, I have written down in my notes, apparently when Will Smith is about to jump off of, uh, I think it's the Chrysler building. Yeah. A very dark suicide joke is made, but I didn't write down what the oh joke is. Oh my God. Okay. What's the joke? Okay. So I do want to talk about this because as like problematic as the rules around time travel is, the yeah. time jump itself is actually It's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's yeah. so, the, 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 I love the energy of it. So Will Smith has to throw himself off the Chrysler building and yeah. as he's falling down, like the time warp starts happening. Oh, right. And they it's, go through the Great Depression. Wait, no. So like, the stock first it crash. starts with, uh, they go through like the time of the dinosaurs. Like it's like Big right. Bang, dinosaurs. And then they jump to the Great Depression. And as Will Smith is falling Bankers off, are jumping out their windows beside him. <laughs> and they him. wave at each other as they're falling. I was like, <laughs> I was like whoa. And I mean, I guess it kind of works because if you are a child watching this movie, presumably you don't understand what happened on Wall Street in 1929, no. but... And this is one of those perfect like jokes where only the adults are going to get it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was one of my notes. Um, the only note that I want to bring up right now, uh, there's a lot that we could talk about in this movie, but um, the biggest thing I wanted to draw to your attention just to see how you would react... One of the reasons why Boris is so disgusting is the makeup is incredible, but he looks yeah. gross. Billy, did you notice his teeth? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Like the top layer, they're all molars. And it's just, ew. I, I really, really appreciated the design on Boris because I hated looking at him. And that's exactly what should have been. Yeah. It's, is, it, is it Vincent D'Onofrio in a Men in Black 1? No, it's not. No. But it was great. Yes. Um, so I think, I don't know. The only other thing that I have to say about this movie is stuff I kind of uh, crashed through this morning, which was um, re-watching the trailer for Men in Black 4 mm -hmm. and then realizing how excited I was to see this movie and then just sort of like reflecting on everything that goes into uh, production companies gambling, first of all, but also like investing in spinoff franchises. And... Again, when I watched the trailer for the first time, I didn't remember that Emma Thompson was in the third one. Yeah. Um, and so seeing her again, I was like, oh, so you're the bridge. This immediately, like, uh, okay, so gives a lot more credence to this film. Did Did you catch the painting on the wall in the trailer? Yes. Okay. The pug. Right. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. The, the two, the two, sorry, 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 the two portraits of J&K, like, battling right, in the background. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the other through thread. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. If you are going to launch a spinoff, like this one, this movie was years in the works. So even as they were promoting Men in Black 2, they were already, there's like if you just Google this, there are some media articles about um, a potential spinoff starring uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son. Like, is Jaden going to take over this franchise one day? And that led me to a delightful tweet, like many of Jaden Smith's tweets yeah. are delightful but in december 2017 he tweeted time for men in black four starring me because i need some answers and someone uh tweeted back to him a photo of Jaden with shia labeouf as men in black and i just it made me laugh so hard 
I don't think that movie should ever get made. I mean, but I enjoy something. that as like a five minute comedy parody on SNL or sure. whatever. Yeah. Someone I'd watch that. it. Just Who am I kidding? I'd watch it. <laughs> but so into a whole spinoff is like, why isn't the fourth movie starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones? Point one, they are simply too old. To be Agent J and Agent K, if one of them, one of them, one of them is too old. Let me rephrase. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. If Liam Neeson can still be running yeah. around, well, Tommy Lee Jones just looks so tired in movie three as well. He looked so upset to be there. <laughs> it really. So they needed a younger, a younger cast, basically. And I guess you still could have had Will Smith starring in like an Agent O sort of way, where he's like a mentor role, but. Will Smith has got a lot going on in his he's life all, right he now. He doesn't, yeah, and I mean, he's he has been doing it more recently, but he doesn't take to ten, tend to take those kind of roles, right? Like yeah. he's still very much the leading man. Yeah, and um, he did uh, say in one of the interviews that he had no real desire to star in any f- potential future Men in Black four movies because he he said at the time like three felt good, felt rounded, and I mean we now have a new Bad Boys movie in also, production, but. Everything I've heard about Gemini Man sounds like he has been a very busy person with that movie. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. Like, so this fourth movie has been, I guess, like nine years of essentially in seven years. Math is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Seven years in the making and um, like different production teams and different storylines. One thing I do want to talk about is the loss. I feel like the tragic loss of what the 2014 version of this movie would have been. Billy, did you know that they had signed on the writers of the 21 Jump Street reboot? They were planning uh, a crossover. crossover. It was going to be called Men in Black 23 or something like that. Yeah. And... Like, I just... I want to watch the movie starring Channing Tatum... Jonah Hill, Will Smith, and Tommy Lee Jones. I want to watch it so badly. I'm so sad it doesn't exist. I do too. One gets the feeling that might have broken Tommy Lee Jones a little bit. (laughs) Jonah Hill is like... Can you see Tommy Lee Jones trying to manage Channing Tatum in his character? Like, Will Smith is one thing. Channing Tatum is kind of, like, adorably dumb. (laughs) I... It... Look, it would have been glorious. It also is not surprising to me that it just yeah. never could have happened. But it's a good question. What would be like the greatest movie mashups that we could? Maybe do? that's something we imagine in future episodes. Oh, I think we could think of some very fun ones for our next series. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that could be a question. Yeah. If you had to mash this up with one science fiction property, what would it be? Yeah. Okay, so, well, like on that note, do is there more we want to talk about? I don't think so. We are we are running out of time here. So closing thoughts on Men in Black. Uh, it didn't kill us. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I I we brought up issues of race for the third time <laughs> in a week in a in a row, and you did not murder me for yeah. doing that. So that's a plus. Well, um, I also feel like I kept it light on the immigration this time. There I was are about things to say, to say. You opened in the bag. This movie. You opened the door. <laughs> it's not my fault for stepping through it. Um, but okay, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. Um, so we did talk about recurring questions beforehand, and I think they just sort of naturally lend themselves. We're going to murder those questions. We're going to come up with better oh, ones. Yeah. But like, I do think this movie is good. 
I was I too. delighted I, I by it, I actually. Yeah. Um, and I think what it did for the world was open... Well, it was just like it was an entertaining movie. Super fun to watch. And again, like having gone through all that stress and then to be sort of like treated to two hours of delight, I was like, yeah, that's what that's what movies do. That's great. And it obviously opened the door to this potential new franchise starring... Uh, Thor and um, what's her name? Valkyrie. Valkyrie, yeah. Is it just no? What's her name in that movie? She is a Valkyrie, but um, oh, it's a good question. So her character in the comics was literally called Valkyrie. Um, in the Men in Black comics, what? No, what? The Thor comics in Thor. Okay, Tessa, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> in Thor, Tessa Thompson's character was called Valkyrie. I don't know if that character has a proper name. I don't think they give you one in the movie. I think she's just called the Valkyrie. Right. I'm Googling this right now, but I'm doing it poorly. Yeah, she's just Valkyrie. Yeah. Okay. He's just Thor. Okay. Well, actually, he's Thor Odinson, but that's fine. <laughs> so, Kim and Billy fans, thank you so much for sticking with us. We're excited to, uh, I guess, produce our next episode. Yeah, do we want to tease anything, or are we just saying, come on back? Where, Please where come on we, back, because yeah. we've got, we'll have a little bit of a chat about what to expect from us moving forward, but I am actually just... So excited here's, to talk about this next Here's Here's what I'll say. Like, Men in Black was always for us going to be treading water a little bit as we could get our ducks in row for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is big. Like, I'm actually kind of glad we went through all of this with Men in Black. I wouldn't it, want it to hit these stumbles on the next one. Yeah, next, exactly. Yeah, the, I'm so excited. Fuck, I'm so excited. So come on Even back. Even when I learned what I learned about what our first... <laughs> it's gonna be it's great it's gonna be great okay so I guess we'll just close off by saying thank you so much to Aaron Kossar for our fantastic art you can and find us on Twitter at Kim and Billy Talk and, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week guys and so what's our sign off here uh, Elvis is not dead he's just left the building I, I think it was he's just gone home but Shit. That's par for the course for <laughs> Men in Black with Kim and Billy. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> well, she heard us talking about cats. Yep. <laughs> Penny is herself a pussy cat doll. So Boris is free. Don't call my cat a pussy cat doll. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm being so anti pussy cat doll. <laughs> wonderful part of our collective youth. Okay.